0: You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network.
1: Holly Cotton here, and I am joined today by Mr. Rudy Rush. And if you guys don't know Rudy, first of all, you're missing out. Make sure you follow him on all of his social media platforms. But Rudy is a comedian, an entrepreneur, a radio personality, doing big things, especially this year. I'm super excited to see all the great things that he's doing. So, Welcome, Rudy.
0: Welcome. Thank you, Holly, for uh, having me on your show. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So first, I wanted to ask you this because I know Rudy and I have actually networked at other events, so I kind of know his story and, and where he sort of reinvented himself and that's a huge thing that I, I, love to talk about on my platform. I like mm-hmm. to talk about because everyone thinks it's so easy. They see you now opening for Bill Bellamy and all of these people. And, and also not only that, but having your own name and, and your own, yeah. Yeah, you know, right. Right. <laughs> we, that it. we just do that for fun. We steal somebody too, but. One of the things I know that we had talked about before was how you kind of didn't know if you were going to keep on this path. So we're going to call this the reinventing Rudy segment. Mm. So can you tell us about how you went from radio personality to what you're doing now?
0: So, <clears throat> so initially, I was a stand-up comic who went into radio, and the thought process, you know, uh, and we'll get to the reinvention part. It's it, it's been a long trip for me. Uh, I'm in 30 years uh, this year in May of doing stand-up comedy. I started when I was 19, so you could do the math behind that. But uh, you know, I got into radio for personal reasons, and it's much like. You know, making decisions in life like, oh, I'm going to stop going to school and, and, and focus on this for a couple of years. I'm going to start a family. You know, I've seen women uh, get pregnant and say, I'm going to spend more time being a stay-at-home mom instead of being a career woman. So, you know, my choice to go into radio, one, I was really good. And two, the avenue I was trying to take was one that could be lucrative and also keep me under the radar. I didn't know it at the point in time, but I really am uh, someone who is... I don't know if I'm a, I'm a, I'm not an extrovert and I'm not an introvert. You know what I mean? I'm very good around people, but I do like my solitude. And I kind of was going for that whole, like, I don't need to be in a restaurant and people coming up to me asking me for this and that. And radio provided that with the understanding that, you know, people, unless they went online and looked me up, they couldn't see. But then at the time I got into radio, there was a huge surge in the internet and it became everybody's being the star because of, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all these other things. And so that coupled with some politics and radio that, you know, it's, it's a lot to go into, but at the same time, you know, being a comic, In the radio world, it wasn't perceived really well because Steve Harvey and Ricky Smiley and and the likes of D.L. Hughley took up so much real estate. They was like, we ain't letting this young, handsome dude become nothing more than what he's right now. We're going to keep him in the studio. He can't be a comedian. And it kept me out of comedy for so many years. I just got a chance to just cherry pick. So I did albums and I did festivals. So I kept my comedy game sharp, but not as sharp as I would have liked because I could have really doubled up on my careers doing radio and stand-up like much uh, comics are given the opportunity but you know like I said it was it's, it's it was a mental game for me trying to just protect that little egg I had in radio and I stayed there maybe a little too long but you know luckily I had the opportunity to have friends like a Bill Bellamy or some more to be like hey listen you're still one of the great comics not only as a friend but like we see it when we put you out there. It's it's a great opportunity. So now the reinventing of, of myself is taking place. And that's 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 a that's a great way to describe it, because that's exactly what it is.
1: Yes, yes. And that's what I, I love about one. The, I want to just say one thing about what you just said, because people don't realize the lack of privacy that comes with being a face because it's so easy. It's like, you know, Oh yeah, I want to be famous. I want to be famous. And now everybody's like in your business.
0: (laughs) No, I'm telling you, Holly, you could take some of the top and, you know, and some people are built for it. Like, you know, like I would use Kevin Hart as an example, even, you know, working with Bill Bellamy, they really know how to, and I've been around some athletes as well who do really well at taking people on and they know how to just kind of diffuse certain situations. And I've seen others not handle it so well. And I think I'm a diffuser, so I would handle it well, but just it's just so overwhelming at times that you got to really be prepared. And as an older gentleman now, at in my, in my age, uh, 40 plus, I can handle it a lot more than I could when I was young. I think it was a bit overwhelming for me, and I didn't want to let people down by showing them like, hey, I really don't want to be bothered with that. You know what I mean? You're doing some extra stuff. And right. so, yeah, so no, it is very tough. So be careful what you wish for people who want fame because it's a lot
1: right that's what and i i just i actually had a conversation with someone um today actually and i was like you know you don't know me like like you see me on social media and you see the things that i do and and i love being personable and talking to people but don't you really don't know me you don't know Mm -mm. anything about it and i know that that's hard for you guys especially because people they're laughing and laughter kind of brings everyone together and they're like what's up you know and then you're like but no
0: and it's crazy because it's not like a singer because like most singers ain't gonna have guys coming up to them you know like yo what's up man i love when you sing that one song about that," you know like so so with us as comics you get everybody you get dudes that's like, yo, I love that joke, joke about the blanket or I love that one about the dog. And then you get females as well that love the comedy or may find you attractive or, or whatever. It's just everybody really loves a funny guy.
1: This is facts. That's facts. That's mm-hmm. how I mm-hmm. keep my men, Rudy, because they love me being funny. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an informal
0: Anyway,
1: <laughs> I digress. So, so the first question I wanted to ask, because... I, as we're talking about being funny, I think it's so important to also talk about some of the struggles that you guys have as comedians. So yeah. my question is, what is something, or is there a situation that you experienced, or is there a joke in the back of your head where you're like, I will never try that again, where you thought it was hilarious and everybody was like, This ain't it. This ain't. No, it.
0: you you know, there's never been a joke that I've done that probably i wouldn't say there wasn't a joke that didn't work but it wasn't there's never been a joke that i wrote that i couldn't work out into being a good joke but i have had situations especially working in this new uh rebuilding stage i do a lot of opening which means i'm the first comic on and if you interview any comic you know if you said to them you ask them a question where would you like to go on first if it's a if it's a show of five people where would you like to go on most would say either last is the headliner and or second or third, then no one wants to go on first. And so this new road really uh, has humbled me to the point where I have to go on first a lot, but it's really galvanized, really made me very strong in the sense of, you know, everybody's first impression of what the night's going to be like has to start with me. And it actually kind of finishes with me too, because by the time I get into a lather, uh, everybody's like, yo, you, got, you were one of the funniest, if not the funniest guy at night. And I, I like that part, but it like, it is a struggle. So you have to kind of gauge the crowd. Sometimes if certain things don't work out. Cause I have a little icebreaker that I do in the beginning of the show. And if the people who are working in conjunction, like a DJ or somebody that works with the, uh, with the, with the club is not in sync, it really kind of throws me off. But it, 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 when I was younger, it used to really rattle me. And now I just kind of like morph into something else and I always hit the goal. So, yeah, so it, it's not a joke per se, but it definitely uh, gauging the audience initially is a is a huge thing. It's, a, it's big for every comic. Every comic comes out and they want to make that first initial statement. Even famous guys and famous females that come out on stage, that first word that comes out of your mouth. If it's not something humorous, people are kind of scratching their head like, ah, what can we expect? But when you hit it out the gate right away, they're like, oh, hold on, who's this guy? He's funny. And so, right. so yeah. And
1: you also have, I know I've I've been to a few comedy shows in my time also. And I know I'll see people that they try to sit like right in the front and they try to keep a stone face. It's almost like they go in with the mission that I am not going to laugh. I am not gonna show them I'm having a good time. So it's it's like a challenge for you guys.
0: You know, and it's funny because I've seen those people before, but they don't. And like I said before, I've been through the trenches of, you know, coming up in New York City, some of the hardest places to perform in New Jersey and New York. And I mean, as long as they're not yelling and throwing beer bottles and chicken bones, like I'm good. But, you know, when you get people like that, and I think myself, I, I become a crowd favorite because not only... It's a it's it's a funny thing to talk to people. And as I'm telling the joke, I'm talking to you. So I see that person who's actually stone faced, I'm like, "Yo, bro, you know if your boy asks you to go to the bathroom, and he's like, he lights up all of a sudden, like he's talking to me in front of everybody. He ain't trying to play me out or nothing like that. I just try to make everyone feel like they're a part of my show without being the show." if that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I welcome those people who kind of feel like, oh, I'm not into laughing or whatever, because they all seem to break down at some point and they they love the show.
1: Yeah. And I'm always like, but you bought a ticket for a comedy show. You're (laughs) at a comedy show, but you're like, I ain't laughing. I don't get it either. I don't don't get it. So to kind of sidebar about what you just said about talking about the audience and things. Now, Let me tell you guys, if you've never been to one of Rudy's shows or heard Rudy talk, he loves to talk about middle-aged women. (laughs) Now, you know, I'm fine and all, but I am technically a middle-aged woman. So sometimes I'm always like, who the hell is he even talking about? Because I don't fit any of those categories. (laughs) So what I wanted to know is, (laughs) I'm not going to tell any of your jokes because they have to come see you, but... How do you come up with that material specifically about the opposite sex? So is it stuff that you have experienced? Is it personal mm-hmm. experience? Because I know you have the one about the two robes. So mm-hmm. I'm like, so you had to know is it is it something you heard or is this personal experience with people that you've dated that are middle aged and you're like, this mm, this why your ass old?
0: No, let me tell you something. I'm about I'm I'm probably close to stop. I'm going to stop talking about middle-aged women or older women, even though it's such a fun topic and I'm so very well versed at it because it is, it is a lot of personal experience, a lot of comics, you know, and I take it as a compliment, but so many comics are now, anytime you hear somebody say miss, miss Shirley and miss this, miss Barbara, I did that so long ago that, you know, it was part of uh, uh, you know, comics, just kind of ribbing me Sometimes we'd be out somewhere and the old lady would walk past with a cane or a walk and they'd be like yo Rue you ain't gonna push up because I always kept the old, older lady with me <laughs> not and, and it's not old but I always had a grown woman so if I was you know in my early 20s I have a 40-year-old chick with me and something I always had you know and all these young people running around the bar we stay in class, and she got on the fur and she just chilling <laughs> but I did get a, a bunch of my jokes from experience and they always morph into another Avenue or another sector when like, okay, that would be funny. Like, you know, right now I'm older. I don't call women cougars anymore. And that used to be a part of my, my stick, but now I use it to say, well, you know, I can't call women cougars anymore. They're my peers, you know, like we are in the same age group. And one of the things that, you know, come with that is just some funny extra, you know, jokes like you gotta have certain things to be my lady now like if you over 60 and I'm dating you if you ain't got no parking sticker like I don't I don't know what we gonna do Dude, you know
1: that that little bit <laughs> I was dying when you were talking about that the person so it's, and it's one. funny I have a
0: friend I went to the back of like so she has uh, and I can't I can't tell too much information because she'll kill me but like she's in the industry and we really could good, good friends and stuff and I went to go use her restroom soon as I close the door, it's a nice fluffy robe. <laughs> it's just like a couple of robes on. A- I said, women who have robes on the back of their bathroom door, they grown, and and it, it's a compliment in the sense of it's classy. You know, young women they just have t shirts or they walk around, you know, with no clothes on at all. So it's just you know, it's just the showing of two different uh, ages and groups. You know, doing some stuff.
1: Well, I don't have a robe. I have I have a fluffy robe. I use when I dye my hair, but
0: see you got one though
1: (laughs) i ain't got two (laughs) and i will have you know rudy rush that when we were in college victoria's secret kind of had just started coming out like when i was in Uh college victoria's secret was like just the new place or like the, Uh the, the thing and they used to have these satin like robes that ever, if you have one of those Victoria's Secrets. You was doing point. You you have money, like you was doing it. You was sexy. You could put that on for your little boo in college. So I have you know we were 20 and we would wear robes.
0: But let me tell you what these young women don't know about what, what grown women know. Like I went to a grown woman house one time. She had on and I don't think one woman has heard young woman has heard this term. She had on a negligee. You don't hear that no more from those young people. Young people don't know what no negligee is. I was like, oh, let me go get my attache case and come over here.
1: (laughs) They don't even know how to spell negligee. Okay. Oh, my God. That is so funny. And so one of the things, too, I also was going to ask you about is, so how do you, because I know that's what separates good comedians from just people, and I know just Like I said, just being around a couple of comedians, seeing different shows, always hear when they do have someone opening and you guys always kind of pinpoint the same things as what differentiates a good comedian from someone that's like fishing for stuff. So Mm -hmm. how do you guys process? Because you have a lot of great And it's not even jokes, it's just your storytelling is is Mm -hmm. so entertaining. So how do you, just in a regular daily basis, Rudy Rush, how Mm -hmm. do you come up with this material?
0: Well, thank you for, for that compliment. But honestly, it's like, you know, there's some things that come to mind often. And then I tried to kind of like, you know, put it in words. And sometimes there's some jokes that I tell, even some of the newer jokes, I wrote them like two years ago, but I just didn't know how to tell it. There was something in me that just, you know, at the time it was funny, but then I just couldn't figure out the words to say it in a live setting. So like, uh, you know, I'm going through some situations right now with my youngest daughter. Right. Her mom and I back and forth in court or whatever. And, you know, I think it's unnecessary. But, you know, the the one thing that I am finding out is that, you know, as much like you failing a class or having bad credit, you ain't the only person going through it. Facts. So that's one of the things that I give a, a break to it about. I don't go so hard in, in, as far as my distaste for the for the situation. But I do have my fair share of, you know, little things that I take from it. So one of my new jokes is that you know everybody you know they make co-parenting seem like a really sexy situation. Why don't you guys co-parent? I said, well, I'm supposed to get a schedule to see my kid from somebody who wouldn't give me back my toaster. Like, <laughs> like she don't want to give me no toaster. How am I supposed to see my kid? You know what I mean? Right, right. And people. People are so taken in by just the the, the the pure comedy of the the realness of that. Like to give you an example, this old white lady. I was I told that joke at a festival, and this old white lady was like, "My favorite was the toaster. She didn't want to give up that toaster. You're not gonna see that baby." Like it's like people. I like I like my jokes to kind of resonate. Like you know you've been to comedy shows where somebody said, "Yeah, my dog was outside. An alien came down, and my dog was smoking weed in the backyard with the alien." I think it's funny, but it's not realistic to me. I'm not bashing a comic for that, but it's, for me, I want you to leave with something like, yo, I did that. Oh man, that happened to me. And that's the biggest thrill I get after shows. People come up and like women are like, yes, my husband, he had a bump in his behind and he showed it to me. Like, it's always something that people go through.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't even want to know the personal link to that bump on the butt <laughs> story. <laughs>
0: No, you know what? I've never had it. But I just know that there is uh, a kinship in, in a relationship where a man, if anything is wrong, he got a bump on his foot and on his tongue. If anything, listen, I'm I'm going to tell a story and, you know, I'm sorry I'm putting it out there, but, you know, Holly and I, we're cool. But it was so funny that somebody was playing a joke on me and the dude was like, "Yo, man, you ain't drunk. You ain't chewing no gum. Your breath stinks man, I had Holly, like, checking my breath, (laughs) like, (laughs) and you're such a good friend, because you was like, let me smell, (laughs) I was like, I can't believe I got this girl smelling my breath, and what if it was, think, I was like, but I feel like I always freshen myself up, so things like that, men will always go to a woman, how do I look when I'm dressed, because I dress myself, so sometimes I'm like, is this silly, is this crazy, you know, because sometimes you take fashion chances, and you look a little sick, but Yeah, so yeah, that's just the realness of my jokes.
1: And imagine, imagine, because I'm a nurse, so when (laughs) so you've seen everything, and and so I get I'm the one that they send the picture to, and they ask,
0: (laughs) see, (laughs) what is this bump like? Where is this bump at? Like, right,
1: (laughs) right. I've seen so many things, and I'm like, listen this has crossed over the friend line and I have to look at this person now. it's and- funny. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. So on the flip side of that, as we're talking about funny, all of this stuff, has there ever been a joke that has offended someone? And I know there's there's a funny joke that um, that I've heard a few times about like Dave Chappelle and people uh-huh. boycotting him and things like that. Uh-huh. So have you ever told a joke about anything where everybody was like, or not even everyone, but just a, a, a just one person little, in
0: particular yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, a little tyranny started.
0: So I'm I'm pretty much the easygoing, I don't rock the boat kind of guy, but but there was a time I was in uh man, in Great Lakes in the great not Great Lakes in uh Lake Placid and it was a it was a literary event. So I was hosting an event, it was a storytelling event and it was, you know, I, I think I might have been the only black guy there. But there was a joke that I told and I used the word fruity to describe a gentleman asking another guy to go to the restroom with them like yo and, and if you notice in my act i actually don't say it anymore i don't use the word fruity anymore i'm like yo i just told you about that you know what i mean like but but i said the term fruity and this one lady she came from all the way upstairs she had a short little haircut little stumpy little lady and she looked like she could have been a part of the community but i wasn't judging her or whatever she looked like an old school teacher but she was upset Meanwhile, everybody's giving me all these accolades. Oh, you were so great. And I thought she was playing at first. She was like, I'm mad at you. And I was like, well, what's, you know, then when I realized she wasn't playing, she's like, you said the word fruity and everybody laughed. I was like, well, I quickly diffused it by saying, listen, I'm not here to tell you whether or not you're offended. If you're offended, then I offended you. I said, but that wasn't my intent and I didn't continue to bash the community. I said one thing and and I made an observation and it was one that if it bothered you then I apologize but if you have an issue you could take it up with the people who produced the show but other than that there's nothing else that I that I can have a sit here and have a conversational argument to say whether or not you're offended. If you are, then you are. But this was my intent. It wasn't to, to bash or be nasty to people. It was just to to make a joke and keep it moving, which I did. And then uh she went away because she <laughs> she she didn't know where to go from there. She wanted to really dig in and she thought I was gonna push back. And this one other lady was like, You handled that so well. I was like, I was like, I'm like, you know, there's ways you can talk to people. And so, but that was one time that it actually happened. And, and I remember, cause it was the one time that it happened, but anything can happen. You could talk about Alzheimer's. You could talk about my mother dying. Somebody can walk out like my mama died yesterday and you brought that up. Like you can't, you can't help but to offend somebody. Everybody's going to have a trigger point.
1: Right. Right. And I actually, I, I talked to, um, Corey B before I had her on my show and she, um, if anyone doesn't know who Corey B, she's awesome. She actually opens for Monique. She's so funny. Oh my God. I always, I'm about to pee on myself with Corey B all the time, but she, we were kind of talking about that. And I asked her, you know, being a woman comedian and, you know, she was explaining how, you know there are certain criteria and expectations just just for you being a woman and mm-hmm. and coming out and like it's totally acceptable to talk about sucking penises and having sex and being this you know the loud black mm-hmm, woman mm-hmm. but whenever you're trying to make a joke about something else now all of a sudden people are getting people are overly sensitive well why aren't yeah. you sensitive when i'm talking about you know, the other stuff, but you're only sensitive about this. So mm-hmm. I know it's kind of hard for you guys to tread, tread that, that line. So yeah,
0: I, I remember this one older lady, I forget where we was. I think it was recently. We Yeah, we were somewhere and this one older lady was like, oh my God, I had such a good time. She was an older, older lady. And she said, I wish you guys wouldn't use the B word so much as far as referencing women. And I was quick to tell her, I was like, well, ma'am, I didn't say the B word at one, not one time, but she felt that comfortable coming to me. You know, as opposed to people know who they talking to, too. They, right. they know who they could complain with because the other people don't care. Some comedians are raw dog. They be like, I don't give a damn, B. <laughs> they call an old lady that. So she came to me and I was like, so people get offended by the smallest things. If you had a good time, ma'am, you had a good time. The B word ain't going to kill you.
1: Right, right. And they just suck the life out of it. I couldn't do it. Like, I'm just funny on... Just in natural personality, but I could.
0: Who told do you? It. Who told you you was funny? No, funny. You are
1: I'm hilarious. <laughs> 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 and That's I funny. think I'm the funniest person I know. Um, no.
0: Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. You I'm, know
0: a lot of people too.
1: And I do. And do. Um, uh, so what? Back to the reinvention of Rudy and this new mm-hmm. chapter that Rudy has, and. Yeah. And being on the road and being caught between this whole part of, I'm doing this, I'm doing big shit this year, I'm making stuff happen, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. but I'm also a dad. So yeah. I know that that comes with a lot of sacrifice that a lot of people don't know about because- yeah. You you are a good dad and you love your kids and, and it's hard to be on the road and stuff like that. So can you give us some insight on some of the things that you feel in trying to balance that male want to be a dad life with yeah. the Rudy Rush life?
0: Well, you know what? It's funny you ask that. Be careful what you wish for, because, you know, a lot of guys who maybe, you know, and most guys. Or maybe were married before out of the out of the relationship, or have a, a you know a child with another woman, or whatever. And you're still a good dad. You're involved, or whatever. It still comes with a sense of privilege, and you know you you think you want to do all the things. That, you know, a father doing I'll take them to the games and I'll come to school or whatever. But until the tide turns and you really have to have that responsibility, which I've always respected my daughter's mothers for for being, uh, you know, the custodial day to day parent. But I have a now 16 year old who lost her mother when she was 14, who's going to be living with me. And, you know, it's a. it's a bigger situation than you can care to know. And so, you know, just doing stuff and being around and being active with the girls. But like I said before, radio provided me an opportunity to be still, to be stationed. And now, you know, in order for me to uh, achieve the things that we were about to achieve in terms of resurrecting Rudy Rush, it's going to require me to be gone a lot. So i got to just figure out a way, which I will. I have a strong base around me and, and hopefully, you know, With some uh, lucrative situations which are in the works, Uh, you know, things like a nanny and and, and just making sure I make sure I capitalize on all of the time that I have with the girls as they grow. And I have, like I said, the 16 year old, she's a beast and so is the young one. So they get along perfectly. And now the older is at the age where they can both kind of be together while dad's out working or whatever with, you know, granny in the wings and stuff like that. So I'm just working on plans so I can always be a part of the girl's life.
1: Okay, I love that. Oh,
0: I love
1: that. <laughs> and not only that, but you are about to have a whole lot more dad jokes because now that you're going to live with, <laughs> now you're going to be Man. like fellas, fellas, fellas with daughters, fellas with daughters.
0: <laughs> you know, the funniest thing is, I think right now that I'm developing an understanding, like I lied to my parents all the time. And I hate being lied to by my kid. The sixteen year old she don't do nothing but lie to me. <laughs> like, like, and it's not about the boys and things like that. It's the simple things, you know, like phone, like phone calls or money that I gave her to use it for this and she uses it, it's it for that.
1: Privacy. It's like they don't know. They think I don't know. They think you're going to be angry, and it's also their way of like their autonomy and being private. But it's like, yeah. Pe-
0: Yeah, you don't understand. Your rent is being paid for. You you being fed. Like you have no skin in the game. You should be giving up all your information. But but I laugh because I did it. So why should I flip my lid when it's happening to me?
1: Yeah, my mom. I remember she was like, "You gonna see when you have kids, it's gonna come back threefold." And I'm like, "Mother, please!" Oh (laughs) oh my god, it's like threefold. Oh my God. Okay. Last question, Rudy. Okay. And I know, like you said, you kind of have gone through various levels of, of this whole career path and this genre of, of comedic performing and things. So what advice do you have for any upcoming comedians? or people trying to get into this comedy role?
0: Mm, I would say the first thing you should do is get my online course. It's coming out very soon. I really rushed this comedy college, but no, um, honestly, if you're trying to get into it, you know, one thing you need to realize is everybody's funny now and it's not so much, uh, standups. It's, you know, the world in general, all the commercials are based from a funny directive. Uh, even when you have something like uh TikTok or Instagram, you got people who are more famous your favorite comedian because they have skits and all these other little antics that they do so it's a very tough terrain but there's one it's, it's a terrain that you can actually navigate if you're serious enough and that's the one thing i take solace in is that you know my skills and my talent level allow me would allow me to do all of that but now when you take the cream up and you put me on stage you can't beat you can't beat that you take the top comics in the world your favorite comic sit him down. He knows who I am. And that's, that's the goal. And now it's take it from that to get everyone else to make me a household name. So that's, that's where we're going.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's a good point. Cause I say that all the time. Like I see other people's podcasts or I'll see like reels on Instagram of other people's podcasts and all they doing is talking about sex. And, and I'm just like, Oh it's so easy. Like it's such easy topic. Yeah, but I'm slow-hanging
0: fruit. Yeah. I
1: know, but I want to continue my platform. I want to continue to be the change that we need. I want to keep showing my daughter, my son that, you know, this having a heart and doing the right thing and 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 using your platform to to show other people doing great things is is the way that i'm going to be successful and stay successful but yes i know i'm always like these skits if i hear one more skit about sucking penises or whatever (laughs) but i can't do it um but it's like eight million views and i'm like
0: it's crazy they give the algorithms to all the crazy people doing all the crazy stuff because i'm like i put out some stuff that is hilarious
1: you do or you
0: do. And they and they just totally give me 100, 100 views or 2000 engagements or whatever. But it never hits that 100,000 mark, 50,000. But, you know, I'm OK with it because, you know, one time oh, I've gone into a barbershop or I go to a, a play basketball. or I see some old friends. They'll be like, yo, your Instagram is popping, dog. So I know that people are seeing it. It's just a matter of it, you know, starting to turn over, turn over, till you know I can start getting people into theaters and, and clubs and arenas and stuff like that, and it's gonna happen.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, and that's gonna lead into. I but like my my reel that got a million, it's like one point five million views on mm. Instagram is literally where it was my birthday and I was like walking towards my daughter recording in a dress and. Wow. It's like 1.5 million views, and I'm like, what? What? I'm walking. I'm not even saying anything. Oh, what kind of
0: dress, y'all?
1: <laughs> I, I was fine. I, I was looking fine, but I'm just saying, it was very classy. It was very yeah. classy, but it Look, was no my dress.
0: Let me tell you, Holly. During the COVID, and I wasn't working, I was like, I was two minutes. I swear, before Bill Bellamy called me to go on a road with him. I was like two seconds from taking off my drawers, getting a soft pair of gray sweatpants, and starting the OnlyFans. I was like, it's 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 go time. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Call me, Mr. Tell- Call me tell- Mr. Hippie. I'll be all the hip shaking and all that. But no, uh, yeah, people are getting paid in ways that we have never seen before. And it's, it's not very hard to make a lot of money when you're just being silly. People are silly. They're not so much funny. People are silly, and they can pay for it
1: exactly exactly we ain't hating on it we ain't hating no, on it no not know,
0: at all because I can't that. wait to do yet. Yeah.
1: I know but we also just saying that quality shit is around too so you know yes I yeah, digress yeah. okay so Rudy to wrap yes. up everything let us know about any of your upcoming projects that we can support you on i know you have some stuff that's you know we gotta sign an nda for so we can't talk about that but (laughs) i know you do have a lot of things coming up so anything that you have i know you talked about the course that's in making anything else that you have that we can support you on your website drop any social media handles all of that stuff
0: yeah All right, so listen, you all can find me at Rudy Rush on everything. So that's on TikTok, on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I have a few things coming up. One is uh, a couple of things that I'm very proud of, one is going to be a book. And it's going to talk about the situation about me and my children, but not to kind of bash or or, or talk about their moms and stuff. It's also going to talk about my journey and how I became uh, the type of person that would would seek out a woman like that, how I was affected as a kid, how I feel uh, about my father and men. Uh, how I was a hypocrite because I was only taught one way, you know, things like that, that men and women need to kind of hear both sides coming from a person who is not coming from a victim standpoint. So that book, I'm very encouraged and happy about the process of writing that also have an online course. And I'll tell you this, if you had Kevin Hart or or anybody else of that nature do an online course, this is just like that, or maybe even better because I've done so much more as far as, Different hosting gigs and television shows and also, you know, being the youngest host of Showtime at the Apollo, of you know, ever. It's a a lot that encompasses my career that I can give these young, talented men and women a really good platform to kind of just gauge how to get not just be funny, but how to navigate the world of funny and how to really uh, make a large impression and be great at what you do as opposed to just, like I said, being silly and standing on stage. It's much more layers, many more layers to it. So that's one of the things. And then touring. You know, I'll be in a City Day i I'll be in Chicago on the uh, 1st of February, the first weekend of February. Uh, I'll be in Dallas on the 1st of February. That's a Wednesday. So i got a bunch more dates coming through. Just follow me at Rudy Rush and I'll, you know, let you know what's coming up next.
1: Okay, I love that i love that so that's what we're gonna call this episode reinvention of rudy rush yeah i
0: like that
1: (laughs) i love that i love that and so i always close my shows with a life check so if you've read my book day one you know that a life check is basically to reiterate everything that we've covered to a certain point and make sure that you can implement anything pertinent anything that could help change your perspective on life or a situation so today's life check is really really easy it's don't give up on your dream reinvent yourself how many every times you need to to get the version that you want so if this is chapter 865 you know what rock it this might be your year to win so and <laughs> hey, i'm gonna that. let y'all
0: know right now holly i'm gonna do that because you know what i'm not gonna be walking around looking like a gym coach no more like <laughs> Like I look like a football coach. Like, yeah, man. And I wear these armour. So I've reached out to a couple of people. This one young lady in particular, I saw she has this real fly style, and uh, she was on Instagram, and we just had a light conversation. I feel like I need now that I'm older, I need to like not dress in suits all the time, but definitely things that accent my 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 build, but also say I'm grown, and 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 this is a this is a serious situation. So look out for that. Romance you know,
1: status, you know, love it, it. love status.
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I love a man that ain't afraid of some patterns and some colors and <laughs> different. Heels. That's all I wear is
0: black. That's it.
1: So <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. If you yeah. guys ever see Rudy, he's the one that has the little tight, uh, tight T-shirt on. Um, <laughs> but the ladies love it. So thank
0: you, thank you. Put that part on there.
1: <laughs> love it, love it. So
0: that is Rudy Rush, you guys. Thank you.